You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey everyone, welcome again to another edition of the APC Podcast. This is Evan Tex Western coming to you live from Indianapolis for the fourth day of the scouting combine, at least as far as the media is concerned. Combine Saturday. Uh, this is usually probably one of the biggest days that we get here at the combine. The quarterbacks, tight ends, wide receivers are all working out, and then we get uh, all of the front seven draft prospects on the defensive side of the ball, so defensive linemen and linebackers. So it's a real busy day, a lot of things going on. Um, and yeah, let's just dive right into it. So today, the workouts for the receivers and tight ends made a lot of noise, and there's a number of players at both positions that uh, that really helped their draft stock, but started the wide receiver position. Probably nobody had a more impressive workout today than DJ Moore. Um, he's a six-foot receiver out of Maryland. He uh, One of the the oddities about him is that he measured in at six feet flat here at the combine, but Maryland actually listed him at five foot eleven. You don't normally see the uh, college listing a player shorter than he actually is, but at six foot two ten, he's got a real uh, nice build. Um, you could play him inside or outside, and he just lit it up today on the field. He had a great forty four point four two seconds, and then he went out and his explosiveness numbers were excellent: thirty nine and a half inch vertical, eleven foot broad jump, and then he had a very good three cone time under seven seconds. Uh, I think he also put up one of the top two short shuttles at 4.07. So great day for Moore. Um, he was kind of looked at as a day two prospect already anyway. So he will probably get a little bit of first round buzz coming out of today. We'll see where he ends up going in the draft. Another DJ, Chark out of LSU, also had a very good day. He had the best 40 time of any of the receivers. He ran that in 4.34, a very good time for him. Uh, and he had some good explosiveness as well, 40-inch vertical and a 10-foot-9 broad jump. So that's a, a, some real good numbers for Chark. Uh, he's a little bit more of a, a skinnier, taller player, 6'3", a buck 99 is what he measured in at here in Indy. So uh, Chark certainly helping himself. And then another player I mentioned yesterday uh, in the interviews as far as the receivers go is Cortland Sutton from SMU. The comparisons to Jordy Nelson are kind of still racking up a little bit here because uh, Sutton measured in 6'3", 218, which is right about on par with where Jordy Nelson came in. And then he uh, ran his 40-yard dash in 4.54 seconds. That's just three hundredths off of Jordy Nelson's pace uh, set back at the 2008 combine. Um, he also actually had better agility numbers than Nelson did. He actually put up probably, the, I think, the best time of any receiver in the three-cone drill with a 6.57, which is stunning for a guy his size, and then a good shuttle time. Um, he took off a couple of tenths of a second off of Nelson's numbers in those drills, um, and he had some better numbers um, in the vertical as well. So 
good good day for Cortland Sutton. Um, I think any one of those three guys, if you ask me, if they're available at 45, could be in the mix for the Packers. Um, the numbers are there. The The play style would be interesting to see which way they decide to go. But um, I know a number of individuals have said that Moore is their choice. But, again, Moore, Sutton, I think those are probably your top two. And then and then Shark is a possible, maybe a third third-round option or so. Uh, moving over to the tight end position, for whatever reason, Penn State is just dominating the athletic drills here. After Saquon Barkley put up a terrific workout yesterday at the running back position, Mike Kosicki, the tight end for Penn State, was just unbelievable today from tight end. I had asked him yesterday um, if he had a, a goal for what he wanted to run in the 40 or what he wanted to jump in the, the vertical, and he wouldn't tell me what it was, saying that um, it would be more impressive if the number just came out without warning us what was coming. Well... He was absolutely right on that because at six five and a half and two forty seven, he ran a four five four in the forty, which is just unbelievable. Forty uh, one inch vertical, ten nine broad jump, and he put up what would have been the sixth best cone time of a receiver uh, with a six seven six. Um, doing that at tight end at almost two hundred fifty pounds, so that is astounding. Um, one of the best workouts we've ever seen from a tight end here at the combine. So that's a, a Definitely something to keep in mind with uh, Gesicki. And honestly, he may have, have vaulted himself into second-round um, consideration, and, and you'll probably hear a little bit of buzz about him as, as a potential first-round prospect as well. But uh, certainly earning himself some money today uh, is that Mike Gesicki. Another tight end to keep in mind, uh, Hayden Hurst, also kind of looked at it as a day-two prospect, one of those top-five tight end prospects. He's the one who uh, spent a couple years in minor league baseball before going to South Carolina for college football. Uh, similar size, about an inch shorter than Gesicki, six four and a half, about two fifty. He also had a good forty time of four six seven, um, as well as a, a decent cone and some some decent broad jump numbers. Uh, as far as the bench press goes, a couple of notable items there. Uh, two defensive linemen, looks like, put up more than 40 reps. One was Vita Vie of Washington. Uh, the big nose tackle put up 41. And the other is Harrison Phillips from Stanford. Uh, Phillips put up 42. Um, as far as the rest of the um, the linebackers, the one actually notable linebacker, um, more, more notable for uh, its, its kind of inspiring nature than anything else, was Shaquem Griffin. Uh, he's the one-handed linebacker from uh, Central Florida. And with a prosthetic on his other hand, he was able to put up 20 reps on the bench press, which is astounding. Um, he said that in his previous attempts of doing that, he had only been able to put up 11. So definitely looked at as a bit of an inspiring story to um, to individuals with um, you know, similar sort of disabilities to, to what he's got. He talked about that a little bit in his interview today and just said that he's, he's honored to, to be out there to... Um, to be looked at as an inspiration um, and, and hopes that he inspires you know, kids or, or anyone with, with any sort of disability to, uh, to push themselves and, and you know, continue to strive for greatness. So with that, I'll get into the interviews a little bit. Um, we'll kind of break it down by position, starting with uh, some of the edge rushers, which came out first today. Uh, Marcus Davenport from UTSA uh, definitely came off as, as smooth and, and comfortable behind the mic. Um, seems very confident in his abilities and his uh, his testing. Isn't too worried about um, coming out of a smaller school um, from from UTSA, although he was asked about what it feels like to play for UTEP and uh, if that gives him a chip on his shoulder. Uh, and what, his response was great because he just said that what, what really motivates me uh, even more is when people say that I played at UTEP when I actually played at UTSA. Obviously, in-state rivals in the same conference, um, 
he, he took a little bit of offense to that. So Davenport, though, um, big guy, um, big frame, put on a lot of weight coming out of high school, and uh, he's he's maintained that and had a, a pretty decent senior bowl week. So let's keep an eye on him, certainly as a possible first-round option for the Packers. Uh, another couple of first-rounder options, um, Harold Landry from Boston College was talking uh, at length about uh, his bend and his ability to get around the edge. He's a little bit of a smaller player at about 6'2", 6'2 uh, 250 pounds. So Davenport's got about three inches in height on him. But certainly Landry um, looking at being one of the earlier pass rushers taken off the board in this draft. Another one will be uh, kind of in the same mold physically as Landry is Hercules Mata'afa from Washington State. Uh, he's a fascinating story because Washington State's depth, depth at defensive line was so bad this past year that he ended up playing the second half of the season at defensive tackle at only about 255 pounds. So he's played everything from tackle to, to defensive end to playing uh, an outside linebacker in a two-point stance. And so he, he was saying that he thinks that makes him the most versatile edge rusher in, in this particular draft class. Finally, um, Sam Hubbard from Ohio State, uh, kind of a fringe first-round prospect, maybe a second-rounder. Um, the, the book on him is kind of that he's an effort guy, and um, he's not necessarily going to wow with his athleticism, but he said that he expects to run well and test well tomorrow here at the Combine and expects to uh, put up some, some pretty good numbers there. Moving over to the interior defensive line, uh, there were a couple of since the Packers don't really have a strong need at uh, defensive tackle, what I decided to do today was take a little longer look at a couple of interesting draft prospects, um, one with a very unique story and the other with a very strong Packers connection. Uh, the latter, that's Khalil McKenzie, who is the son of Reggie McKenzie, the former Packers executive um, now general manager of the Oakland Raiders. And Khalil grew up in Green Bay with, with his dad being in, in Green Bay as part of the front office for, for a, a, a long period of time. Um, we, uh, we have a full video of his interview that we'll be posting to the APC Facebook page, and we'll get that up on the site. So make sure to get over to Acme Packing Company to, to check that interview out. That's about 15 minutes, and, and he gave some, some great stories about his memories from Super Bowl 45, uh, getting to go out on the field, when the Packers won that game uh, to support his, his dad and, and the team and everything there. Um, worth noting that he's, he played for Bryce Pop, former Packers linebacker, uh, who, is the head, who was at least the head coach at Green Bay Southwest High School. Um, he spent a couple of years there before his dad took the GM job in Oakland, and he ended up playing uh, high school football in California. So another um, the other prospect who is very interesting was uh, Nathan Shepard from Fort Hayes State. Uh, he's a that's a Division two college, and um, Shepard's got a fascinating story. He's he really came out of nowhere uh, this past season and started to build up a little bit of buzz towards the end of the season, and then went out to the Senior Bowl, uh, got an invite there, and suddenly the buzz about him is is huge because he put up some really good reps against Will Hernandez and a couple of the other interior linemen. Um, as far as his projection in the NFL, he's probably a five-tech defensive end. Uh, he's about 6'4", 310 pounds, so in that ideal size there, long arms as well. Um, and he's getting buzzed for you know potentially as early as the third round. But um, Fort Hayes State is not a, a program that's known for 
their football prowess, at least not in terms of sending players to the NFL. In fact, the last Fort Hayes player who was drafted in the NFL was a wide receiver named Frankie Neal. Uh, he was drafted in 1987, and interestingly enough, he went to the Green Bay Packers. So we'll have to see if Shepard ends up uh, following in Neal's footsteps and, and coming to Green Bay. I did ask him if... Um, because he grew up in Canada, and I'll get into his background in a second, but uh, I did ask him if he would enjoy playing in a cold weather state like uh, like Green like Green Bay, um, playing playing in Wisconsin, and, and he, he laughed about that and, and definitely said that he would be perfectly happy to uh, to stay in a cold weather area. But uh, again, he's a he's a Canadian player. He grew up in uh, a suburb of the Toronto area, and he ended up. Um, starting out his collegiate career at Simon Fraser College, which is a uh, small Canadian college in, in the province of British Columbia, but is one that actually participates in the NCAA system. So he was able to play um, American-style football rather than having to play uh, the, the Canadian um, game, which is something that we learned last year when the Packers signed Jeff Gray, the guard out of Manitoba, the differences between playing Canadian football versus um, coming in and, and learning the American game uh, can be a little bit of a challenge. But at Fraser, he was playing uh, American football, ended up um, having to take a year or two off after leaving Simon Fraser for some um, issues uh, as far as uh, monetarily goes. So he just couldn't afford to continue going to school. And then uh, a little later, he ended up getting on the radar about a year later for Fort Hayes. Um, he walked on there for a spring semester. Uh, by the time that semester was over, he got a scholarship for the following fall and then uh, played there for a couple years and now is looking at uh, being potentially a um, very appealing draft prospect. Uh, again, potentially somewhere in the third or fourth round range um, as an interior defensive lineman. Moving on from the line to the linebackers, um, the, the big draw for Wisconsin fans is the fact that the team has three linebackers in this year's draft class who all have a good chance of getting drafted. Uh, that's Jack Sitchie, the inside linebacker, who's coming off several injuries, and then a pair of outside linebacker prospects at Wisconsin, uh, Garrett Dooley and Leon Jacobs, who started uh, opposite each other uh, on this, this year's defense for the Badgers. The, the impression that I'm getting, uh, especially from Buzz around here in Indy, is that Jacobs is going to be the most likely to get drafted and, and probably the most likely to get drafted highly because he is going to set the world on fire in workouts tomorrow. Um, so keep an eye out for, for Leon Jacobs' numbers. But he put up a very impressive 26 reps on the bench press today, um, which bested either of his two teammates and was one of the best numbers of any of the linebackers uh, in attendance at the, uh, at the combine today. As far as Sitchi goes, um, he's coming off a torn ACL that happened this uh, in one of the early practices in uh, in summer ball. So uh, he said he's about seven months into his recovery, and he's hoping that uh, by about May June time frame, so maybe you know during OTAs or mini camp, that he'll be cleared fully to return to football. Um, and he also was very careful to note that the uh, medical staffs at the combine have all checked out his knee. Uh, everything apparently looks good from what he was saying, that they've given him no indications that it should be holding him back moving forward. And so hopefully that uh, Sitchi getting a fairly clean bill of health, at least as far as um, no permanent damage or, or no long-term concerns from the medical staffs here at Indianapolis, uh, hopefully that'll give um, NFL teams enough confidence to be willing to spend a late-round draft pick on him. And then Garrett Dooley is the other outside linebacker. Um, 
he's a a little more of a um, an effort guy, production guy. So keep an eye on him during the workouts tomorrow. I don't know that he'll necessarily impress a ton in workouts, and that may end up um, causing him to slip. We'll see if he ends up getting drafted. But um, if he does not end up getting drafted, certainly um, you'll see him either sign a free agent contract or get a tryout invite um, with uh, an NFL team at some point. One other linebacker of note for me today was uh, Shaquem Griffin. Again, I mentioned him earlier. Uh, he's the UCF uh, linebacker with uh, with just the one hand. And he was the, probably the, the funniest line of any of the interviews today was Griffin's, and he was talking about how his brother, um, Shaquille Griffin, was drafted last year as a cornerback and how his brother was very calm and cool and collected when he took the phone call from uh, from the team, talking to the coach to, to tell him that they had drafted him. And Shaquem was saying that there, there's no way that he could possibly be that cool, that collected, um, and that he would be just completely losing his mind and um, and would have to he'd probably hand the phone over to his mom to talk to the coach uh, to, to give her the good news. So he, he was a really interesting prospect. He's a really exciting player and he's a, a a really cool personality just the kind of guy that you you really want to root for um, regardless of where he ends up in the NFL moving forward so that's about it from today at the combine um, keep an eye out tomorrow again the defensive linemen and linebackers are going to work out the defensive backs will be in the media room for interviews in the afternoon so with the Packers certainly in the market for help at cornerback uh, possibly some help at safety uh, we'll be sure to get some uh, interviews from those players as well. So as well, keep it uh, posted on acmepackingcompany.com. We'll keep uh, we'll keep posting some of the interview videos. Again, keep an eye out for Khalil McKenzie as well as Nathan Shepard, the two defensive linemen. We'll post both of those interviews shortly. Um, and make sure to keep an eye out on our social media pages for more interview clips and other uh, content from the combine as we wind down towards the final day of media availability on Sunday and then the uh, last day of workouts for the defensive backs on Monday. So until tomorrow, signing off, this is Tex Western for the APC podcast. Go back to I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.